Welcome to Dessert Before Breakfast, the podcast review TV finales through the eyes of someone that's never watched the show. I'm Mike Durrell, and I've seen none of Giri Haji. I'm Melanie Germain, and I have seen none of Giri Haji. I'm special guest star Nicholas Germain, and I've seen every episode of Giri Haji. Hi. Hello, Nicholas Germain. I noticed that your last name is the same as Melanie's last name. It is. Did you say Germain? <laughs> it is. It's a good way to distinguish the two of us. <laughs> Otherwise, we're too similar. I'm really nervous to have you on the show, actually. I mean, yeah. I picked I picked a difficult show for you guys to watch. It's going to be uh, an excruciating hour, I think. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Melanie's uh, brother, older brother. And how was Melanie as a child? Oh, God. Um, exactly as you picture her. Very much <laughs> needing to be the center of attention for any and all things mm. um not uh, not big on pain or punishment or anything like that so i always had that on her uh we had shared punishments and one of the great joys of my childhood was knowing that whenever we had shared punishment that it would hurt her a bit more than it would hurt me <laughs> oh no <laughs> melanie anything to add i have nothing to add to that that's uh, <laughs> that was heartbreaking in a way <laughs> So I didn't know you felt that way, but it's good to know it now. <laughs> you share the same amount of tears. Don't you be like that. Oh, man. No, but uh, Melanie is uh, is a really good riffing partner as far as uh, just any kind of daily conversation goes. Melanie knows um, which buttons to kind of run with. And um, I know which buttons really set Melanie off and as far as like hysterical laughing. So, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That is true. <laughs> When I've almost choked and died from laughing, it's been my brother's fault. And yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, brother, what do you do? Do you have anything to plug? I don't really. I, I work for uh, my local police department as a radio dispatcher. So I have some broadcasting experience <laughs> in that. I broadcast awful traumatic events to people to respond to. Right. Cool. Awesome. We're going to try and keep it a little bit light today, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping for no <laughs> traumatic events today, but I guess we'll see. Let's, let's, let's plug some stuff. It's like, oh, that's the wrong guy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm plugging, I'm plugging vaccinations. Everybody should go get vaccinated. Oh, hell yeah. Been. Yeah. Woo. Especially now when this episode is airing, which is going to be in a few months. If you haven't been vaccinated by then, what are you doing at this point? Holy really? Smokes, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. All this spring air around or winter. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, so yeah. What do you guys know about Giri Haji? Mike after you. <laughs> I, I I don't know anything. I've heard that it's it's a crazy show and like I don't even know what it's about. And it's also not an English language show. I believe you said it was a Korean show. Um so we'll be watching the subtitles today. I think it's actually Japanese. Is it? Oh well, there you go. Well, he also can't tell us, so we might just both be talking out of our asses right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, my screen isn't frozen. I'm just ignoring. Yeah, yeah. The, your face is stoic. You're doing a very good job. <laughs> um, from what I what I know is basically kind of what you've semi hinted, which is that you're way too giddy about this uh, and about me watching this. I think it's really gonna mess with me and maybe mess with Mike. <laughs> um, and I think that it's like the highest rated Netflix show. Okay. Which is very strange because I've never really heard about it. So Yeah, I wish I had like something, anything to say about it, but I really do don't know anything. So I'm pretty sure there's a British act actress, a British actress 
in in there. Mm, interesting. Okay. Let me try that again. I'm pretty sure there's a British actress in there. Oh. <laughs> Even more interesting. I didn't know you were going to do a bender from Futurama. (laughs) Red leather, yellow leather. I should have a British accent. (laughs) 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 Okay. Well, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Um, I'm obviously without uh, getting into anything. I think that this is a a crazy show to kind of start with the finale and i think it, it, it fits the format pretty well in that uh awesome yeah I, I don't expect anybody's brains to be melted or anything like that but. all right well we're gonna watch the final episode of giri haji if you want to watch along at home it's available stream on netflix in canada and we'll be right back All right, we're back. We're Melanie, back. What, what did you think? Um, I think my brother knows me very well because I was riveted the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was a lot. It was a lot. And there was a lot to take in. I think I think I kind of got the lowdown, though. Um, but yeah, what about you? It was... I. I found this very exhausting. This would definitely be put into the rare category of shows where, like, I had no idea what was going on throughout the entire thing, basically. Like, I think I was able to piece some things together near the end. Okay. But there's so many characters, and it kept jumping between them, and it was hard to connect totally. how the characters were related to each other. Yeah. Like, I really only need two seconds to talk about Rodney. <laughs> he was there, he had a bath, and then he slept with his mom. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, that's one character down. Just such a shame because regardless of if you're deeply invested in the show or you're somebody who just reads the reviews online, one of the standout actors and characters from the show is Rodney. He actually won a BAFTA for this show. Really? <laughs> really? Oh, wow. Oh, shit. I didn't realize how little he has to do in the final episode because <laughs> he's he is an emotional crux to this show. And this whole, like him wandering in the park and him going back to his mom actually has such a deep emotional impact. But without the journey there, oh. it just lands kind of flat. It's like, he yeah, just, he just <sighs> went to his mom's place. <laughs> he just went to his mom. He's a little rude to her. And then he had a bath. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then and then he realizes, hey, you know what? I'm not going to drown myself in this bath. I'm going to go and and hang out with my mom because family is important. Yeah, I definitely understood that the bath was like him considering like killing himself. Yeah. Just because the the way that they shot it, like with his eyes wide open, I was like, oh, yeah, that's really unsettling. Yeah. But then he doesn't end up going with it. And then he did mention something about like not seeing his mom for six months. So I was like, okay, there's definitely like a disconnect here. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I didn't realize it was a big moment, though. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if it's possible for people to like voluntarily drown themselves. Like maybe it is. I don't know. It seems like that would be a difficult thing to do. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's um in the show. He's a he's a sex worker and drug addict. So I mean, it's not really apparent here, right? Oh, so okay, okay. Um, he's he's quite troubled. He's uh obviously he suffers from addictions and um was in he's in the 
first episode, he's he, it's demonstrated that he's in a, quite an abusive relationship as well. So, oh, um, yeah. So he, he's he's yeah, he's, he's got, got a lot so many on. layers. Uh, and yeah, in the in in the finale, he just kind of just internalizes everything and then goes back home. Like, and that in and of itself is is so satisfying because um, you know, especially if you can relate to any kind of party lifestyle, that's something that you don't really ever do mm-hmm. you just go non-stop until you absolutely wreck yourself and then right somebody comes to pick you up hopefully otherwise you end up you know getting trodden all over right and uh he actually makes the conscious decision to go home and see his mom and his mom genuinely like regardless of his lifestyle choices regardless of his you know um attitude towards her loves him unconditionally like mm. yeah i haven't I, you know i haven't seen you for six months i'm making a stew do you want a glass of wine like as if he comes over any day of the week right and it's this yeah. kind of unconditional love type thing that's so bittersweet with him that you can't yeah they can't really scoop in the in the, in the finale only unfortunately mm. oh well well already that's a shame then because i would have loved to see all of that um he has some of the best quotes too oh really like he yeah like um he and the and the daughter um who has the bangs tacky yeah tacky yeah um he takes her out he takes her to like a gay club and uh he has an amazing um monologue uh when he goes to like narcotics anonymous Mm -hmm. um he just has so, so many make like amazing quips. One of the like really good ones. He takes Taki to the gay club and uh, the dad, Kenzo, he's just like, bring her home at 10 o'clock. And uh, he says 11. And, uh, and he replies back 10 and he goes, okay, 11, 10. And then, <laughs> and then they leave just like so sharp and so good. Ooh, right? that's good. Yeah. Oh. And, yeah. The whole series, he, he's, he's, he's like that. He's and sharp as a, okay, nice. Yeah. He's actually mm. enlisted um, initial. Well, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, I can kind of get your guys' thoughts in terms of like, obviously there's a, a couple of different, different plot threads that are being wrapped up here, but yes. Um, interested to get your guys' perspective obviously we just touched on rodney who isn't necessarily like a a, a, you know a a protagonist per se right um but he's uh yeah not a big part of the finale there were definitely a lot of other things that i want to talk about (laughs) yeah i mean i'm kind of curious about so like before the break we were talking about oh maybe this is a korean show maybe this is a japanese show and it is an English show, but with <laughs> Japanese in it. Yeah, it's it's BBC. Um, oh, it's BBC. Oh. That's interesting. Okay, yeah, it's B- it's a BBC produced show. I did not yeah. know that. <laughs> I, I don't think I've seen a show that is so confidently bilingual as this show. Like it just does a bunch of Japanese and then does yeah. a bunch of English. And people that speak Japanese speak it seem to speak it fluently and vice versa. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's very interesting to see that. I actually really liked uh, the the bloke. Um, that's what I I code name people when I take notes. I think his name was Abbott. The gangster. Yeah, Abbott. Yes, and yeah. I just love that every time they were speaking to each other on the rooftop, like the Japanese people were speaking to each other. He's like, I would really like to know yeah. what's going on. Actually, <laughs> yeah, if that's cool. Because contextually, it makes so much sense, right? Yeah. He's, he actually is a he's a he's a big Japanese aficionado in the series, like. 
it's very apparent that he really likes Japanese things and he thinks the Yakuza are super cool. And he's just like a, he's just a British guy who thinks that like, oh man, Japan, it's just so cool, man. It's so, it's so effing cool. I can't, I can't believe it. And, uh, and he, yeah. And in the final scene, obviously like one of the, one of the best part, and this is for context. If people have seen it, it's the, the rooftop scene. Um, it's kind of kitschy for like a detective show or like a cop show to like just end up on like a rooftop shootout type thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But you have these added elements of like a language barrier. Like yeah. how do you you show up to a gunfight and you can't even like communicate with the other people? Like it's 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 humorous, even though we're talking about like obviously like the death of a child potentially, right? So right. Yes. Um, I, I, yeah, his attitude kind of throughout that whole scene is so... It's really funny. It's so mm-hmm. funny. It's, so, it's genu- so good. Yeah, it genuinely made me laugh. Like, and this is my like my fourth time rewatching it. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, does does some of this... So, de- so this definitely takes place in London. Does some take place in Japan as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they did the 100% film um, in... They filmed in Tokyo... Um, and then I think, uh, like rural, rural Japan is, um, is where the secondary locations are. And it's, it's interesting cause the, the way that they kind of do cityscapes, like it's so very obvious when it takes place in London versus in Tokyo mm-hmm. and just the way that everything is framed, it, it, it everything feels either European or very Asian. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of interesting to think of just two very large cities that have obviously gross similarities, but, um, yeah, they definitely did film, uh, in Japan. And there was obviously like huge struggles because it's just, it's BBC, right. And BBC goes out and sends out their own crews to do things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you have like an all Japanese, like teamsters, and they're just like, uh, hey, like <laughs> we need some some things and some stuff. And the 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 main the creator of the show um, doesn't actually like, as far as I know, doesn't speak any Japanese. Uh, oh wow! He's, uh, oh, interesting. He's just a British guy, uh, mm-hmm. and he wrote some things. And he's just like, whatever the Japanese version of this sentence is, just say that. And some of the things didn't even translate. And they're just like, mm, yeah, no, no, we can't do that. So, and, um, but despite that, they were able to come up with something. And, and, and this was actually recommended to me by, uh, by a friend who's a huge Japanese aficionado. And apparently everything is pretty uh, on point, you know, culturally and, um, and linguistically as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's always the risk, right? Yeah. That's cool. I think, you know what? I think the BBC is just really good about doing that kind of stuff i i can't help but think of a year in provence just yeah that that's a bbc special where it's it's an english man who goes to live in france for a year and then there's the whole language barrier and there's just so much humor that you can get from that and you don't see it very often and that's kind of a shame you know so it was actually really nice to see that here for sure yeah and it and it it works as well as as a bit of a plot device. So like um, Roy, who's the the other British guy who's really out of water. Um, he's the yeah. The, I really loved when he came in and there was like a whole thing for him where like this is Roy. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just goes on to show like I'm guessing all of those cuts were basically throughout the show. You're wondering like how the hell did they get this information? And it turns out it was Roy all along. You know, like. <sighs> Kind of not re- like a lot of those things are they they are flashbacks, so you know mm-hmm. Roy's involvement for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh, sorry. So just to just to get like a, an idea of where your guys's heads are in the in the narrative, like can we maybe come back to Roy? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, probably yeah. a good idea. Yeah, we should probably start from the beginning. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, if if we're gonna go like kind of piece by piece here, yeah. Um, there are two. So there are two guys in a car, and I think this is set in the past. And they're talking about somebody's having a party. They're just really having a normal conversation. Yeah. And um, they eventually are like, all right, let's go. And then they go into an office and they clearly well, he, shoot somebody. He gets, yeah, he pulls a gun out of the yeah. glove compartment. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's an old gun, so you know it's set in the past. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, he goes into the office and shoots a guy. I I think it's it, it's in the past because it's clearly in Japan and one of those guys is Yuto the brother. Um and that's him in Japan. Oh, I didn't pick up on yeah, that. Yeah, he looks different like he has a mm-hmm. ponytail in the present day mm-hmm. and then in the past he's kind of like a bit more disheveled and whatever. Right. right. Um so you know there's some sort of inciting incident that results him in not being in Japan and why these guys want to get him. Right. right. Okay. Right. So um but yeah, so that's what that, that's what happens at the at the beginning. It's one of the one of the inciting incidents. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, then it goes to it jumps to London all of a sudden, and uh, Taki goes into this house or something or like maybe it's a store and is looking for somebody named Annie yeah. who actually never shows up. Yeah, actually, that's one of the loose ends of this show. Like this show has so many plot lines and everything is pretty tight like so the scene sorry the first scene that's shown um is uh it calls into question kenzo's morality that's one of the reasons why like when was kenzo there too he he wasn't he gets a phone call to come there because he yuto is looking for help um and that's so when he said you called me for help he's referring to the incident from the first scene basically oh okay so many things are getting tied up right now okay this is like a huge convergence of all the different plot points okay Um, because you don't find out until like episode six or seven what even happened so this is like before his gangster life let's say um and yeah so annie is a girl that um taki meets uh either at one of the clubs or something like that. And she's like free spirited, um, uh, lesbian, um, who is, uh, kind of like looks at tacky, like up a little bit, like as a novelty, but also is like, Hey, like, let me expand your mind, girl. Like, right. right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and and Taki comes from a, a family with like, her dad's a cop. Her mom's a stay at home mom. Like it's a very structured, um, kind of prototypical Japanese household. It's kind of uh, right. oppressive to her because she has a non-existent relationship with her father who always works and his uh, relationship with his wife is strained because of this and other reasons, right? Um, and so she meets this girl and this girl's just like, yeah, like, I'm going to change your world, basically. <laughs> Let me blow your mind. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, in, in um, the guys who end up showing up at this coffee shop um, and say yeah the they're yakuza um they're there to basically wrangle yuto back right right so because of because of what he did he clearly fled and they want him back yeah so um the it's kind of not later on in the movie you see that there's like a a meeting between the different 
gang bosses, like the or the mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So essentially, what happens uh, at the start of the show? Kenzo gets asked to go to London because um, Yuto is a ghost. Basically, he thinks he's uh, Kenzo thinks his brother is dead. Oh, and. Endo, who's the old Yakuza boss, like not the good looking one, but the old guy. Yeah. Um, he, his nephew is murdered with a sword from Fukura, who's the good looking Yakuza boss. Okay. And he's in London at the time. You say good looking. He had like, he had like a, what yeah, is whatever. this called? He's, it's a goatee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I whatever. wasn't digging it, but if you, you look say at, like, he's good if looking. If you look at like all 14 people, you have like. <laughs> A sumo who has a mohawk, and you have like a geriatric man. <laughs> so just like by comparison, Fine. he's all the, the best all the, looking one. But um, he's the <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, so the um, Endo's nephew gets murdered with the sword of Fukuhura, right? And that's essentially what starts this gang war, right? Right. And okay. so Fukuhura it asks Kenzo. He says, "Hey, can you go to London?" And I need you to find a ghost. And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, your brother is the one who murdered him. Gotcha. So, um, sorry, back to Annie for a second. Yeah. So <laughs> Annie uh, was implied to have been killed in that scene. Yes. Kind, yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, with we the blood on the floor and everything. It's like, mm. yeah, we don't know if she was kidnapped or, yeah. But then was she connected to anything else or is she just literally like. She's a free spirit. Yeah, she's like a bystander, essentially, who gets caught up in the whole. Right. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, she plays a, a relatively minor role. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, she definitely, um, yeah, just disappears. We don't know what happened to her. Okay. Mm-hmm. But but yeah. it's there's blood, so it's, it's pretty yeah, likely but, she's dead. But, yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. Um, yeah. Okay, all right. So yeah, so that's what kind of gets yeah. everything rolling. Rolling, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, sorry, I want to yeah. I want to talk about another character again, yeah. just because I'm very curious. There's so many. With is it Kenzo? Kenzo, yeah. So Kenzo is a cop, and the yakuza on the rooftop actually mention like, yeah, I'm not afraid of. Yuta, yeah. the the Yuto. the guy who Yuto, who was yeah. the also Yakuza like them, yeah. they're afraid of the cop without yeah. a conscience. Yeah. So did he work for the Yakuza as well? No, but part of that has to do with that. Um, um, like he understands Yuto. Yuto is a killer. That's it's easy to understand. It's black and white. Um, whereas he Kenzo is he's a he's a dad. Right. He's also a cop and his um, morality is kind of in question because when Yuto kills for the first time, uh, Kenzo helps him like he helps him get out. And- oh, he helps. He saves him. Yeah, exactly. So. Oh. so is Kenzo the one that we find in the washroom later? Is that a different? Cop? No, Kenzo is the like the main guy, the main character. Yeah, he's the, the main, main character, the, the one who's speaking with the Irish lady. The all real the time. handsome yes. Japanese okay. man. Yes. He's very, <laughs> I think, yeah, he's very handsome. Yeah. Um, yes. The one who who was like in a relationship or like they were talking about a relationship with Sarah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. exactly. That's him. Yeah. Who is also a, a cop. Yes. In London. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Gotcha. Um, yeah. The, the guy that you see in the bathroom later is Toshio. He's his partner. Oh, oh. Yeah. okay. Yeah. He's, um, he's Kenzo's partner. 
Yeah, the bigger the bigger guy who asked for the phone. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's gotcha. all coming together, you know. I, yeah, we've only covered like a third of the characters <laughs> so far. <laughs> so 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 sorry that the cop and Yuto, they're not brothers. They yeah, are brothers. They are. they are brothers. Okay. Yeah. The cop and Yuto are brothers, and then Toshio is. That wasn't like a metaphorical brothers. That was no, like no, no, a literal no, no. brothers. Yeah. This yeah. is just. Do you know what, Nicola? This is just because he played Yakuza, so he's <laughs> thinking about Yakuza right now, where they're act, they're brothers, but they're not really brothers, and they're yeah. like this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Were you just sitting here being like, "Man, there's not enough karaoke in this show." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Not enough baseball bats. Yeah. Not enough karaoke. <laughs> Where's Majima? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was yeah. wondering. <laughs> um, okay. So there's a guy in the airport, and it looks like he's... Uh, and it's Yuto. And he's, yeah, it's Yuto. Yeah. And he's heading back to Japan, and he ends up hallucinating and talking to a woman, yes. which I later find out is probably his lover. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and she has a baby. Yes. And the baby's name is Sora, because at one point in the thing it said Sora coos. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's adorable. Um, so is that a running theme throughout the show, like that he kind of... Uh, hallucinates his wife or his his girlfriend it comes up i think twice in the show uh and it is his girlfriend or yeah i don't know if they officially get married in the show um but yes she is a huge focal point of him wanting to get home and uh their kid is the only reason why he wants to stay alive really um and the the portion where she puts her shoe up in the car. Yeah, I was um, going to ask about that later. It is, uh, I was like, it, remember it, this? A leg lifted. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, she like puts her shoe up on the seat of his car. And she's like, remember this? Um, and that's, uh, it harkens back to the first time they met. And he was a driver for the Fukuhura family. Oh. And he drove her. Ah. And she makes, a, she makes a point to just show that she wears super nice shoes and she doesn't have to walk anywhere because she has little boys to drive. (laughs) Cool. Because actually, my next question was going to be about her and who she was in the Yakuza. But because I kind of figured that she was, what's his name, Fukuhara? Yeah. His his daughter, because there is that one scene where there's a house and then there's a guy in it and he opens the door and there's a crib and then he just looks really sad. Yeah. And then I found out later that he was a mob boss. So. Yes. Yeah. And then early in, earlier on, there's a, there's a scene where um, an, another woman asks, like, will your father's people be able to find us here? And mm. she says, probably. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, okay, I'm just going to jump on the train since we're doing the whole family. Right. That baby was cute as heck. It's honestly yeah. the cutest baby on television. That baby gets so little screen time. Yeah. <laughs> With, like, its little hat that was, like, pointed and stuff. I was like, this baby, like, forget acting. The baby, in my eyes, could do nothing wrong. But, like, yeah. they're modeling for that baby l- yeah. later in life. For sure. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Wow, yeah. it was cute. It's been a while since we've seen a baby in one of these uh <laughs> 
episodes, Melly. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen a baby, period. <laughs> yeah. So are we ready to to talk about this baby and its acting chops? Yeah. It's acting chops. Like, it it could do no wrong in my eyes. Uh, give yeah. it an Oscar. You know, like, that's... <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, in, I'm thoroughly impressed by its yeah. by the baby's cuteness. And best actor, best actress, best baby. <laughs> so you can actually watch... Um, you can rewatch this episode with director's commentary. And uh-huh. the director literally shouts, do a barrel roll! And the baby... <laughs> He flips the car, and that's why the car flips. Uh, <laughs> it's also a stunt driver. No way! Yeah, yeah the baby climbs over, right? Because the baby was the mom was going to call the cops, and the baby literally climbs yeah. over and ratches the. And Roy is just like, what the hell happened? Amazing. I got to say, when that car flipped, I was super worried about the baby because right? I was as well, the baby yes. was loose in the car. Like there was no I car know. seat. They were just yeah. holding the baby. I was like, that yeah. baby's dead. Yeah, yeah. no, it would, if it was a real car, the baby would have been dead. There's no way. But I'm really glad that the baby got out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Granny got good good grip on that yes, baby. Yes, very good grip. Car, yeah. So. So, yeah, baby's a great stunt performer as well, it turns out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just... You know, when, you know when kids are like, they fall down, and if you laugh, they laugh? Same thing with babies, I think. You <laughs> if you act like they're okay, then I'm sure they're okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, we kind of covered, like, the family. Mm-hmm. Th- that family. Bear- yeah, we don't really talk about the wife much. She's not a hugely fleshed-out character. Um, you just know that they're... Wait, whose wife? Kenzo's wife. I thought his wife was dead. No, 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 no. Oh. No, his wife isn't dead. Oh. Um, she's in the car. So the the daughter of Fukuhura is with two older women. Right. Like one is clearly like a grandmother and one is like, I don't know, like in her 40s, 50s. Mm-hmm. That woman in her 40s and 50s is Kenzo's wife. What? Yeah. Okay. And he's getting it on with some lady in London? <laughs> sorry <laughs> so so yeah so their relationship obviously is super strained and mm-hmm. uh they're kind of going through a bunch of things and um he leaves and obviously like we're talking about like the themes of the show are giddy and haji duty and shame right so you have this thing so you, whether you're up whether the application is marriage right right you have this duty but you live with the shame of basically knowing like your marriage is a sham, oh. right? You're only doing it because you you have uh, a family, right? You, you, you're staying together for the kids. You're staying together because um, you provide for these people. You can't just abandon them. Um, and then there's like, you know, obviously the tangents and things that kind of come in between and um, make you second guess everything, right? Right. So that's his wife and his mom. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that's gotcha. his sister. So the girl is his sister in law. And then the kid is, you know, the nephew. And uh the He's a little angel. Nephew. Yeah. And then his his wife and mom are the other two. Wow. People. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And so the reason being, um, they helped her escape because she's obviously like a kind she's of like family. a po- well, that and she's like a bit of a political prisoner until because everyone knows that Yuto will do anything for them. So until Yuto is um, captured or killed or anything like that, they're pawns. Right. Right. So they can't live normal lives, basically. So gotcha. um, that's why they try and get her out. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay, so they're still presumably in danger at the end of the series. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it, it kind of shows at the end that she maybe made it to... That's the thing that it's kind of up in the air is that you don't really know. Did she make it to France? Was he having another hallucination? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. Clearly pictures her in, I don't know, Parisian clothing with a very cool looking pram, but... Uh, pram? Yeah. I think it's a pram. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then they end up... Uh, yeah, they kind of leave it open where it's like, okay, well, I don't, are they still on the run? I mean, if they're on the run together, at least they're together. Or does he still need to try and find her, right? So Interesting. Okay. Yeah, the, the weight of it is a little bit different in that the Fukura family, the head is gone. Isn't, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the people who are most uh, against them, the Endo family, their head is also gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that coup thing that happens. At the yeah, end. yeah. We'll yeah. we'll get to that. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, at one point, Sarah calls Kenzo. Yeah. Um, and just kind of asking like, what's happening? Was anything real? Uh, is everything fucked? Yeah. <laughs> and um, if she wants to know if things can become unfucked. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then he gets a call from from. Someone, I think his brother. From Yuto, yeah. 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 And Yuto says that Fukuhara's men have Taki. Yeah. And uh and basically they both get going. Yeah. So um Yuto steals a cab. Uh <laughs> and then Kenzo leaves his house and some English guy shows up and that's Abbott. Abbott who's yeah. like he was he was fun. I liked him. <laughs> he was just like yeah. yeah. Um I also liked his attitude of like, you owe me money. Like, why are you still in, in your home address? Like, that's really yeah. dumb of you. Yeah. <laughs> he, he definitely seemed like a like a much needed like comic relief character, yes. considering how serious everyone else was in this yes. entire show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Totally. Yeah. Um, and then when he like he's like, wait, someone kidnapped your daughter. Okay, well then fine, let's go. <laughs> like just, <laughs> just really, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was he was fun. I liked him and a that lot. Kind of goes into his his um, Japanificionadoism. Okay. Um, sorry, I tried to work Japan into aficionado. It didn't work out. I'll try again. <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> um, but essentially, he has this whole um, like he loves the idea of bushido, like a, a warrior's code. So mm. even as a as a character, it makes perfect sense. Of like, you owe me something. However, your thing is honorable. And so I will help you in this endeavor. And then we will sort out my thing. Like he's able to like compartmentalize and be like, well, yeah, because I'm, I'm like an honorable that. person. Like, yeah. I'm a gangster, but I'm an honorable person. <laughs> That's cool. So just even though it's like it is played for comic relief, like it it totally makes sense for his character. Nice. Yeah. And he did. I don't recognize that actor from from anything else, honestly, but he was oh. really good. Yeah. I yeah. Was, yeah. I, I agree. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then this. sorry, this is these are my notes right now. It's like. Kenzo is cop. Aiko is lover of uncle. Like I, it's just nonsensical. I need to piece <laughs> no, yeah. together what the hell Aiko, I'm writing. Aiko is is uh, the girlfriend of the uncle who's Yuto. Yeah. Yes, yeah. He's she's the lady with is Sora. She's yeah. Sora's mom. Sora's mom. Yeah. So and then uh, Sarah ends up calling Rodney. Yes. And I thought for a second that she was the mom, but that's not the case. No, Sarah is a is a cop. She's a detective. So why was she calling Rodney though? Um, so Rodney is their um is someone that they kind of met by happenstance. Uh Kenzo initially when he comes to London, he goes to a bar in order to try and find him. Uh try try and find Utah. Mm-hmm. And one of the people that he meets is Rodney and he kind of um 
like Rodney kind of like identifies with him. He's uh, Rodney's biracial, so he's half Japanese. So he understands him. Ooh, and, biracial. Yeah, exactly. Biracial shout out. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> and he makes uh, makes life a little bit easier for Kenzo in terms of like helping him navigate like what knife nightlife is in London and what it kind of looks like. And because of the people that uh, Rodney knows, he's like, yeah, if you want to get in touch with certain people, you have to go to these clubs or, or anything like that. So he's a contact. Yeah, he's a contact, essentially. Okay. And once Sarah gets introduced, uh, yeah, then then they all kind of, the three of them um, all kind of get intermingled. And, right. Um, so Sarah, the reason why she calls him is because obviously they sleep together. Um, they have wait sarah and rodney no no no. sorry kenzo and and sarah the reason why oh sarah okay yeah kenzo initially <laughs> it's just like what um, <laughs> yeah so her ex um who's not a nice guy uh dies um of an unfortunate accident um that is just so happens to be rodney's fault mm. so um the phone calls like the two kind of in sequence and the reason why he's not taking her calls and one of the reasons why rodney feels like like shit is because he's partially responsible for the death of her boyfriend or most recent right right um later on there's a large white man who enters an office that you find out as a police station and he's just like oh is this kidnapped and they're like, Ian's dead. He's like, what? It's Ian. <laughs> it's Ian. So Ian Ow! is her ex. And Rodney is one of the reasons. So the, he's like, possession. It's the only, all coming it's, yeah, together. Yeah. Oh. It's, yeah, I know. There's layers. It's uh, so many it's, layers. I'm loving this. Sorry. This is <laughs> this is maybe the, the uh, Michael, let me ask you something. Can you tell that Nicola's my brother right now? A <laughs> little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't the know. Piecing things together is like, is really satisfying. fun. <laughs> yeah. Very satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who was the guy who came in and was like, what is he in? Why is he dead? Uh, oh, that's, that's Sarah's boss. Okay. He's, um, he's like, yeah, chief constable, uh, Steve. Okay. Gotcha. I can't remember his last name. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Steve. It is Steve. Super <laughs> minor character. Yeah. 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 Super, superintendent Steve. He's actually in, um. Line of Duty, actually, that, that oh, actor. Cool. He's a good, good actor. Nice. Mm-hmm. The BBC recycling their actors. <laughs> yeah. Well, so is Sarah. Sarah's also in Line oh. of Duty. Yeah. They're oh. both in the show. You know what? I, I recognize her. Yeah. I do. Um, okay. So. So she calls Rodney. Yeah. She calls Rodney. We're actually covering, like, <laughs> that that guy just showing up in the precinct. Right. Ian okay. is dead. Yeah. Um, crack cocaine, I wrote. Yep. Uh, Connor Abbott, which I then found out was the bloke. Yeah. In my code. Yeah. And then affiliated with Kenzo. And and then that's when I've that's when I figured out that Kenzo is a cop. Yes. In the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also at this scene, there's a moment where they bring up something on a computer that looks like Justin Long. It is Justin Long. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was hoping I because I remember he, he like he plays like a pretty minor role. It was oh. just so funny to see him. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh hey, I know that guy. It's a little yeah, I guess it's a little yeah, weird. Yeah, it's like episode, episode four, episode five, he just plays like an eccentric American person who has um, business affiliations with Abbott. And oh. you can't just help but like sit there and be like, like you can't shake the fact. You're like, oh, 
just a long time no see. Like, <laughs> so good to see. Like you, you can't really like the uh, you, you can't dismiss like that who he is or anything like that. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. but it's just like well, it's, oh, mm-hmm. hey, oh man, good look to see at you, you're doing buddy. things still. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I did see that, but I did forget. So good job, buddy. <laughs> um, so uh, Yuto is having a conversation with Echo in the cab, mm-hmm. and then that's when the lifting the leg thing happened. End, yep. which just full-on confused me so thank you yep. for that um he has an inkling that he's gonna die and that he's not gonna make it back so there's like a really nice moment between i guess his hallucination yeah and himself because <laughs> well, um, he know like he knows in terms of like the hierarchy like what it is that he's willing to sacrifice what isn't he willing to sacrifice mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. his you know niece right because taki is taken by this point mm-hmm. Um, is going to die if he doesn't turn exchange himself, right? Right. And he's not willing to do that. Yeah. And even though he's like, he's willing to kill like a million people to go home, but he's not willing to let her die, basically. Right. So that's family. his way of, yeah, exactly, family. Yeah. Um, it was this point that I was, uh, that I, that I actually wrote in my notes. Why did he come to London and leave his family? And so it's because of what he did that he ran, like, because, my okay i guess my question you kind of already answered in a way but like i guess just to go a little bit deeper into it Mm -hmm. when he killed that guy was it was he ordered to he was and the twist is um so it's endo's nephew Mm -hmm. and endo actually orders the hit oh so the guy takes steals fukuhura's sword which uh, Yuto has access to because he's like the driver, right? Yeah. And he steals the sword and kills um, Endo's nephew, essentially framing the Fukuhura family, right? So Endo wanted a war. He wanted a war. And Yuto sees it as a way for her to get out of the family, basically like kind of scot-free, mm-hmm. right? Because otherwise he's al- she's always going to be the daughter of like a mafia boss type thing, right? Right, right, right. So it's seems to be a mutually beneficial type thing. Um, and yeah, it culminates in in the assassination of, of his nephew. And then he's in he's in London and um, Kenzo is basically sent there by Fukuhura. And you don't really you don't know that Fukuhura didn't order the hit initially. Um, but he sends Kenzo because he says, if I send any of my men, you told just kill him. Mm-hmm. Right. So we'll send you because you'll at least be able to talk to him. Right. right. And Fukuhura's motivation to get Yuto back alive um, is so that he can say, no, Endo is the one who ordered the hit. Like, I didn't start this war. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And then so you have Endo's side who wants him dead. So that because, he can't talk. Exactly. Oh, right. man. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> That's so bullshit. <laughs> it's like, hey, bud, I got a job for you. He, he, yeah. he, like so yeah. many layers to it. God damn yeah. it. Um, yeah. Jiro, who is one of the Yakuza's, that's when he says, like, I'm nervous about your dad. I'm not yeah. nervous about your uncle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when you hear the detective without a conscience line. Yeah. Um, then it jumps to Tokyo where Aiko, uh, Natsuke, and the older lady whose name I didn't catch... Mm-hmm. Uh, who owns the house that they're hiding in. Mm-hmm. Didn't know why they were hiding. <laughs> now we know, so that's covered. Yeah. We can yeah. skip all cool. that. Yeah. Um, so there's a guy who sighs in a house after looking at a crib. We find out Zeko's dad and that he is a Yakuza mafia man. Yes. Um, and uh, the next scene, it's the day after, and 
some guy tells him that Endo is willing to talk. So yes. that's when I come to the conclusion that there is some sort of war going on. What I didn't know at the time when I was taking my notes is that it was Hayashi, who is the chief of police, who was telling him that. Yeah. So I take it that the police are very corrupt, or at least he is. Yeah. So there's obviously some some ties within the police organization. And yeah, the chief just so happens to be like an old family friend of the Fukuhura. So wow. right. kind of just like you you can invest like if you're a mafia, you should just invest in like recruits, basically, because you never know. They might grow up to be the chief of police or anything. Wow. The words expressed by Nicholas Germain are not reflective of the Vancouver Police Department. <laughs> and essentially, you need to like go and um, you know, keep these connections and and hold people accountable to those and you know, you might end up in mutually beneficial um right. si- situations, right? And right. as it, as it turns out, yeah, the chief of police ends up um being a right-hand man to one of the heads of the yakuza. Wow. Right. Yeah. Um okay. I don't remember what happened. I don't know. Vickers and Donna is dead. They're dead. Yeah. So Justin Long has, a, I think, a three-episode arc where he oh. is loud and he is American in in uh, London. And uh, Donna is Abbott's um, muscle. She's super cool. Is she the one who, um, like, almost broke Roy's arm? Yes. Gotcha. She looks like the, new, the woman who's, like, in the new James Bond movie, but it's not her. I double-checked. Um, although it would be cool if it was her, but anyhow, so she looks like that and is basically a badass. And she initially heard that Kenzo was coming to, uh, London. Right. Um, and she's sent there to assassinate him, but she, um, really cares about Yuto. Oh. Um, they have a, they have an amazing, um, let's call it working relationship. Cool. And recognizes him as his brother. So she decides not to do it. So that kind of riles Abbott up. And that's one of the reasons why Abbott has so much beef towards Kenzo is because he's like not just disrupting his business by being here and messing everything up, but he's also causing like this power struggle of like, you know, these people who, who basically do anything that I want to say, break this guy's arm and she'll break this, break his arm. And then just kill this guy. And she's like, "Mm, I don't want to. Mm. He seems nice. He's, he's he's family. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, they die. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fair. Um, the next part was maybe there's a standoff. (laughs) There's a standoff on the roof. Right. Which was really great. That's all the translating things are like, you know, happening. And yeah. Um, it turns out that they want Yuto and only Yuto and they're they're just getting they kidnapped Taki just to get him. Yeah. Um because obviously they sent Kenzo and Kenzo can't like he hadn't delivered essentially. Like he's uh-huh. he's sent to go get his brother and he didn't do by it. this point he still hadn't done it. So he sends Fukuhura sends more Yakuza and he's like, Okay, well apply pressure and get it done. So mm-hmm. they pretty effectively are able to track down Annie. Rest in peace. Who knows? Right. And um, <laughs> yeah, and then they, they get Taki, who yeah. steals uh, a credit card to get to London in the first place. Oh, uh, to, okay. To, yeah, be a bit rebellious. Cool. Yeah. At this point, things kind of start jumbling a lot. Like yeah. there's there's basically the Japan um, and the women. Yeah. And um, you find out that there's a car coming down the road and, and they, basically they've been found. And yeah. then there's the... Uh, Yuto finally shows up at the rooftop, and yeah. there's like this this great standoff yeah. thing which is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And then also there's the mafia meeting where the families, yeah. Endo, the older, the older guy whose nephew died, yeah. uh, says that I know that how you can atone for this, and it is it is guilt and blood, blood or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a great scene <laughs> where this guy is easily cutting off his fingers. Yeah. And he looks so cool. I couldn't, I couldn't look though. It was, it was really gross. I couldn't look. I, 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 I looked and then I, I looked away and then I looked again. And he was doing it again. <laughs> and then he was <laughs> he doing it again. Twice. And then I looked away again. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. That um, part is sickening. Like I, I couldn't yeah. help but look. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. Like it's, Oh. nasty yeah, yeah but like is. the fact that he asks for two fingers too is like a pretty big deal right yeah. yeah i mean i don't know how many fingers would you give for a niece or nephew millie just i think that's kind of the question so mm, yeah i guess so what do you think that was that was probably like you know a model or clay or what do you think i think they used a double a double <laughs> 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 and that was someone else's hand. <laughs> you know, like you know, like in uh, what was it called? The 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 one with David Bowie, and there's a guy yeah. just behind him doing that all the ball yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that. Mm. Oh, I think uh, I think it turns out that it's actually the baby, and the baby has three <laughs> large fingers. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> multi-talented baby. Well, wow. Yeah, the baby was going to get those fingers removed anyways. The baby had seven <laughs> fingers, so just like put out the extra two large ones. And just because of perspective, right? Like the way that they did the Hobbit, they just turned the baby fingers into large fingers. And, yeah. <laughs> They duplicated the right hand is actually a surgeon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Oh Jesus. Okay. And then well, anyways, all these three scenes are happening at the same time and they kind of you know, they're meant to like build up tension and all that, and they all kind of end yeah. nearing the same time where um the standoff on the rooftop kind of uh you know, they're they're talking, they're translating, and, and then uh Taki actually starts moving towards the edge of the roof. Yeah, she were, she stands on a ledge. And she's yeah, she's preparing to to jump after yeah. having like a really um intense talk with her dad. Then um these two guys enter the room in that house in Japan and the women are like terrified and they think they're going to die and then suddenly you see blood splatter on this door. Which I was just like, Bah! <laughs> yeah, the paper walls, it just adds so much. They really to, add something, yeah. yeah. Holy yeah. smokes. Yeah, it just makes it so much more graphic. Like, yeah. I think the, the top two is like shag carpet and paper walls are the top two <laughs> blood splatter receptacles that every movie or TV show should have if you want it to be like really graphic. Um, And then for the meeting, even though this guy took two of his fingers off. Yeah. He still gets stabbed in the back by Endo. Yeah. Yeah. Basically all the violence in the episode happens within this like five minute window. Within like, (laughs) not even five minutes. I would give it like 15 seconds or something. Yeah. It's just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that's when we find out that it's Roy, that, that police officer who, who's, who basically owes like people money. So he's a, a spy essentially. Yeah, exactly. Because he does, he basically does an exchange with Kenzo. So when Kenzo goes to London, it, they obviously don't say like, "Oh yeah, you're working for Fukuhura." Like he doesn't go to immigration, be like business or pleasure, sir. 
uh, business for the Yokuza. No, he's he's there. <laughs> he's doing an exchange with a police officer, essentially, right. is how they kind of play it off. Right. And so they send Roy back to Japan, and he gets made fun of because, uh, you know, he looks like a sex tourist, as mentioned in the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and that little, I love that little segment, because, like, it's a repeat joke, but even so, it's still funny, because... Nice. It's true. And it's true. Um, they, yeah, they kind of flesh out his kind of backstory as to like how he ends up getting there. And even though you're relieved that he's um, obviously there to not kill them, he is there for nefarious reasons, right? Yes. He still owes like 20000 to Abbott and Abbott works for Endo. Right. So invariably he's there to turn these people in right. to to Endo at the end of the day, right? So Who had just killed Fukuhara, who, who would have been the one to protect them, if anything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. yeah. So those two things happen. Well, and then Endo also gets dragged away because the other mafia people, oh but right? but for isn't the dance sequ- I don't, sequence I don't first remember. I okay well remember endo gets dragged away yeah. because basically the mafia busters are like this is this doesn't solve anything there's been no atonement there's only yeah. been blood this yeah. is the only way to end things so they're yeah. like you need to go too yeah and they take endo away which was like poetic justice in my eye because i don't i yeah that was beautiful yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like if you are trying to like resolve something and uh, and you decide to backstab, like, you're going to get what's coming to you. Yeah, but it, it's a thing that all the other families agreed, where they're just like, so, so should we let Endo get more power? And they're like, F that. Like, let's just kill both of them. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. this seems so much easier as a concept. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Kind of crazy, but makes sense. So. The rooftop. The rooftop. The rooftop. So it's suddenly, so everybody, as. As Taki jumps, everybody like she's goes. Fall, she to falls. Hell. She doesn't. Oh, so, she doesn't jump. She falls backwards. As she falls backwards, yeah. everybody goes to save her. Like even the yakuza, they're even just like, the- no, <laughs> like don't do it. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly it turns black and white, and then there's like this really interesting dance fighting that happens where it's dance fighting is it dance fighting i think it's just more of an interpretive dance yeah well hold on because when it starts off because it like basically the camera pans and then the yakuza guys aren't there anymore and there are key players it's it's the brothers it's the daughter it's sarah and then there's an old man there who i didn't know who he was that's the dad that's the dad. Okay, yeah. great. Mm-hmm. So the brothers are fight dancing, and that is to, I guess, show their their rocky relationship or whatever. So, yeah, so every move that Kenzo makes has to do with connection. So if you see him, he, like, tries to touch his shoulder. He tries to hug him. Yeah. And everything done is... Um, rejected. Yes, is rejected. Mm-hmm. And But you see later on in the dance, like... Uh, Yuto goes limp Mm -hmm. and Kenzo literally carries him on his back and Yuto falls down and he picks him up and it's some some things are a bit more transparent than yeah. than others, but it's like it's I wouldn't call it fighting because it's very one sided. It's not mm-hmm. a fight. It's very. Like, I just thought for that for at least for for part of their sequence, I was like, this is a dance fight, and I really like it. The rejection um, part. Right, the, rejection right, yeah, the rejection came across as like a fight. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and yes, I totally understood that it was like a connection thing because 
even at one point, Yuto reaches for Aiko and yep. it misses completely. And I'm just like, oh, my yeah. heart, you know? Yeah. Um, but like, yes, there's the old man, there's love, there's like the, you know, he dances with Sarah and then they kiss and then they look over and then it goes to Taki. And then that like the, he tries to bring her into this family dynamic and yeah. she just kind of just knows she doesn't yeah. want that. She yeah. goes mm-hmm. to her mother who she also rejects, you know, like it was beautiful, but it was so jarring out of place, I guess. <laughs> like, does this happen a lot or? did this just happen this one time? This is the time? only dance sequence that happens. However, in previous episodes, like at the recap as well, I guess we didn't really talk about the recap, but the mm-hmm. recap is all done in like watercolor. Uh, yes. And there's other um, styles in the show. So there's one portion where they describe the assassination of the nephew uh-huh. and it's done in like um, anime style, basically. Oh. But not like a bright hmm. anime, like a very dark um anime cool. where he goes around and he basically just like murders everyone so it's not the first time that they take a different um art form and they try and incorporate it in it um, right but it, it was very jarring like i remember mm-hmm. the first time watching it being like but what? <laughs> why um, like everybody's on the roof there's at least 15 guns mm-hmm. no one is shooting anyone yeah <laughs> what is happening like what did i sign up for yeah and it wasn't really until the point where you see him dancing with his wife and his daughter mm-hmm. that i was just like oh, this is all kenzo's feelings yes yeah. it's, it's everything's done from his perspective oh yeah mm-hmm. even at one point it's like him in the center and every like some of them touch Everyone him some of them him. don't yeah. or they touch a person touching him like they're yes. all connected to him somehow yeah right mm-hmm. yeah it it's um it in it wasn't until like the second viewing that i kind of understood like so the old man he reaches out and kenzo looks over but the yuto is the one who goes to them that's because yuto is the favorite of the oh. dad. and the dad dies like in episode six gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. so there's um you, all these kind of existing and and pre-existing relationships but even re-watching it today you see that um one none of these people are professional dancers so it's not like turned into like something super pretentious or anything like that although it sounds really pretentious the way i'm talking about it <laughs> but um i didn't i don't think it came across as pretentious i mean it goes black and white and they do an interpretive dance instead of having a gun sh- like a gun blowout so yeah it definitely sounds more pretentious than it plays off because when it yeah. plays yeah. off it feels yeah. like it belongs for sure yeah yeah and hmm. he um he, so he ends up uh when he dances with his wife you feel like the the connection is is strictly for Taki. The mm-hmm. only reason they dance together is when she's around. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. The only, like their, their connection is so, um, it, it has to do with, with duty. duty. And then yeah. you have the dances with Sarah that is like very sensual and very, like they, you know, they embrace. They kiss. And, yeah. And um, it's shameful. One might even say, right. Mm-hmm. And he tries to incorporate mm-hmm. Taki into that. And Taki comes between them, mm. right? And then that's when the dance with with the mom starts over, right? So it's it's him kind of rationalizing this internal conflict that he has about like, what the hell do I do? Like, right? Yeah, the situation is crazy enough that your daughter almost fell off of a building, but like the flush of emotion and um and thought process that comes from there of like, what what do you do next? Like your daughter almost falls off a, off of a building. Mm-hmm. Your brother's either going to get taken by the yakuza and probably executed you could stay here and murder three people at which mm-hmm. point you still have to deal with abbott who has a gun pointed to your back the whole time it's there's so much going on that 
when like thinking back to it, you couldn't shoot your way out of this problem. Yeah. Somehow he's able to dance through it. it seems weird to say that, but yeah. I really, really like it in terms of um, how it it reminds you of these aspects. I mean, well, it doesn't remind you guys, but it definitely reminds people who watch episode one through eight <laughs> of of these different uh, not not just narrative lines, but these uh, emotional hooks and plot lines. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah relationships it was, it was definitely like having not seen the show i will say it was definitely really jarring but in a good way mm-hmm. where because i could see those connections and i could yeah. see that those like small little storylines and <clears throat> yeah i thought it was really cool I, I i thought it was awesome actually i could probably talk more about it but, <laughs> but yeah. um yeah it was just really cool hmm. so i think the takeaway is that mm. Don't do drugs. Don't don't be in a gang. Just dance your feelings out, people. I think that's <laughs> yeah. That's dance your feelings away. out. <laughs> yeah, dance your feelings out. Oh, uh, great. Yeah. Um. Okay. Where? So where do we go from there? So um, Hayashi, the chief of police, uh, calls somebody and says the mission is aborted. The guy who's on the roof. And it's the guy who's on the roof. So yeah. I was like, ah, he's the one who sent the yakuza people after yeah. um, Yuto. Yuto. And uh, and then it's the parting of the ways of the brothers where mm-hmm. they, they say, you know, like, Ali, I'll, this, you never touched this gun because yeah. they they actually do end up uh, shooting the three Yakuza yeah. who are at the top of the roof. Yeah. Um, or at least Yuto shoots one and then Abbott shoots the other two. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, Kendo takes the gun. He w- wipes it away, says, you never touched this gun and you need to leave now. And mm-hmm. they part ways. And Abbott lets them go because of i guess because of his sense of his his honor honor, you know and that's really cool Mm -hmm. um the car flip happens um is the baby okay yes the baby is okay the baby's Um, great actually yeah (laughs) he's phenomenal (laughs) everyone was okay and then the women actually get the drop on uh roy yes who who was taking them to see Endo. And then Roy apologizes for his actions. Yeah. yeah. Roy is, he sits on the side of the road as the cops show up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because obviously she called, them. she was able to get through to the police. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, before they flipped the car. Fun fact, if you call the police and then you stop talking, they still have to come see you. Mm-hmm. Um, Rodney sleeps with his mom. Or like he sees his mom sleeping on the couch and then he goes to sleep with her as well. Trying like, you know, connecting with her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sarah, Kendo and Taki end up at a cafe mm-hmm. um, where, you know, he tells her or he tells his daughter, like, everything's going to be OK. Uh, and she kind of just walks away and turns on some music. And then Sarah and Kendo get a little mo- moment where Sarah's like, what about us? Yeah. What happens next? Well, it's kind of over. What happens next? Nothing. Yeah. Um, it's finished, I think, is what the line is, actually. she. So it's Taki who says it's finished. Right, right. So the the thing that's kind of weird is that he kind of implies that he wants her to turn him in, mm-hmm. right? In terms of, like, because he has the gun, right? And he's trying to um, dissuade police from thinking that it's... His um, brother. His brother, who killed all these people, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't know if she's going to go through with it. Go through with it because she's already kind of. Um, so the her relationship with her boss is really bad, and that she, he's trying to like uh, isolate her and alienate her from the rest of her team and things like that. Mm. Um, Typical man. Mm-hmm. And she is 
So she's already kind of on, yeah, she's already kind of on, on thin ice, right? So right. he knows that. So we don't know where that relationship could have gone, if it could have gone, if it could have existed. Um, he could be stuck in a place where he now can't go home. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. right. At which point, what does that mean for Taki? What does that mean for his wife? His wife? Mm-hmm. Mean yeah. for, you know what I mean? Like well, there's already, like, when the cops were on the computer and Justin Long showed up, yeah. they're like... This guy is associated with Kendo. So they yes. obviously already have him on something, too. They do, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, how deep is it going to go, right? Exactly. Because mm-hmm. she could basically prop up her career by turning him in and mm-hmm. saying, like, yep, I've got him, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also was like, you know, she's in a – it. the reasoning behind her kind of, like, looking for direction is because she's also gone through something terrible where – you know, literally a day or two before the events of this, um, her ex gets run over by a car and dies, right? So Right. And then, so from there, um, yeah, I think while, um, while they're going back to her place or something, the cops are already there for him mm-hmm. kind of idea. Uh, and then he kind of has like this monologue where he's like, uh, I hope he gets away. I hope he... I hope he runs and he's talking about his brother yeah, and then you get a shot of Utah, Uto, Uto. um, uh, like in France. So yeah. he made it somewhere yeah. and then, or at least we think he made it. Yeah. Yes. Or at least we think he made it. Yeah. And then, uh, in the distance you see Iko, which we don't know if she's another hallucination or not. And the baby, yeah. uh, yeah. in the pram, unfortunately. So we don't actually get to see the baby, but that's yeah. fine. <laughs> and, um, and uh, like, he just has a smile on his face and, yeah. and that's, yeah, and we don't know if it's Kenzo's just interpretation of what totally happened. Yeah. Right, as it's well, kind so. of all left up in the dark, which is actually, which is really cool. Yeah. I think they did that because they weren't sure if they were going to get a, season two or not right and, uh, right 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 yeah i like that either way though like if i could see a season mm-hmm. two coming out of it or i could see not see a season two coming out of it yeah. um mm-hmm. how old is the series uh it came out in 2019 or 2020 yeah so it's i guess there's possibility for a season two but no they can't they definitely canceled it oh did they okay yeah they definitely did uh, bbc2 had basically said um they had a whole slate of shows that they were going through and this is one of the ones that had to get cut in order to to have it produced because it's quite an expensive show. Right. Um, this is one of the first shows um, on Netflix to come out in 4K. Um, obviously, all the stuff that they do is on location, except for the rooftop scene. The rooftop scene is clearly like a studio set type thing with a Soho backdrop. But mm-hmm. uh, everything else is done kind of on location and, and whatever, right? So that yeah. ended up being quite expensive so yeah and the, the pandemic probably only make that worse too yeah absolutely yeah. so so what does this show mean to you man that's a that's a good one i i saw this show the first time um after coming back from japan actually a friend recommended it to me after i had done my first trip to japan um or my second trip to japan sorry and I was so enamored with Japanese culture. Um, mm-hmm. I do quite a bit of traveling. And this was the first time I'd done the same country kind of back to back as a big as a big trip. And um, the portrayal of just family dynamics, as far as I understand them, um, is so painfully accurate in in certain uh, in certain ways, some more relatable than others. And in uh, uh, 
like a kind of more uh, in, a, in a darker sense the the portrayal of sex work is is really accurate um the uh, portrayal of drug use as well as the uh, ramifications um of it are also uh featured pretty heavily um and kind of unashamedly it's for a show that deals with um you know themes of family and honor um you sure get like a lot of um excess right um and yeah the balancing act between between the two is kind of like it always kind of ebbs and flows and um yeah this is like the first time i saw like a a show completely embrace two really different cultures in terms of like Mm -hmm. yeah this let's let's do half the show in japanese or 60 percent of the show in japanese and 40 percent in 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 english and to me that was phenomenal like i wish more shows did that yeah don't get me wrong like i love i wish they weren't cowards yeah yeah it takes balls to do something like that yeah Yeah. because because normally like whatever you you get um you know spanish movies or french movies or shows or things like that and they're done entirely in french Mm -hmm. and i appreciate that but i think we would read a we foreign let's say people who speak languages other than english um creatives in in those mediums would maybe reach a wider audience if they did this kind of half and half where you tell yeah. people like hey man you only have to watch subtitles for like half the show yeah like oh, okay well if it's only half the show like i guess i'll i'll put up with these with these portions and then you get this kind of exposure to you know something that's entirely different to 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 the things that you know so mm-hmm um yeah the the themes around around family and and duty is is so so i haven't said duty this much in my entire life except for like <laughs> third grade duty and duty. yeah the duty the 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 thing the the themes that keep coming back and um rearing their head in terms of ramifications to 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 small and simple decisions and the sacrifices that you choose to make for family and yeah, just, it, it, it was so good the first time around um, while not being um, like an emotionally depleting kind of experience. Like it's not the boy in striped pajamas. It's like Mm -hmm. a show and it's, you know, nine hours long or however, however many um, minutes it ends up being, but you have these like little smatterings of, of comedy without it having, having it be um you know like kitschy or anything like that it's Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. these very organic um conversations and um relationships that you find between these you know this this weird happenstance of like you know the chances of a person ending up on a rooftop in soho being entirely japanese the, the steps to kind of get to that are so satisfying um yeah i really hope that this uh i think it's joe barton is the writer of the show i really hope he writes more stuff because yeah i've really really found it to be one of the best um not just crime shows but like just shows in general like it's a it's a true drama in that it's uh you know driven by dialogue and and relationships as opposed to car chases and Mm -hmm. and shootouts which can be really satisfying but um yeah in this aspect it was so so different Hmm. okay awesome i'm very conflicted about what to review this and a lot of it has to do with the fact that 
I did not enjoy this episode while I was watching it, but the context, much needed context definitely helps a lot. <laughs> I would say that um, of all the shows we've watched on this podcast, this is the one that I, I found the hardest to parse so far um, without the context. <sighs> Melody, why don't you go first? <laughs> okay. I thoroughly enjoy this. Like I, I really get a kick out of trying to piece together what's happening. Mm-hmm. So the more confusing is actually better for me also there was a cute baby in it the, i would argue the cutest baby <laughs> and um yeah like i think the acting was brilliant i could like the writing seemed really amazing um bilingual stuff happening fun biracial. translate yeah sorry biracial as well Love that too yeah, yeah power power to mm-hmm. you um and yeah like i i really enjoyed this I really enjoy this. I would I would give this like just for the episode on its own, I would give it eight of that baby Cooin for me. Sora Coos out of ten. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I again I would probably I would probably have rated it lower without this conversation, sort of sorting things out and allowing me to sort of see things as a whole. But in general, I think the episode was good. Um and I would probably give it uh, seven baby barrel rolls out of ten. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see, like, I, there was definitely aspects of the show that I did not remember um, to, to present to you guys. I, I knew that there were certain aspects, like the dance sequence, um, that just fit kind of so well uh, individually that that would be kind of okay in terms of establishing who knows who and what relationships. But mm-hmm. holy crap there's so many characters in this show i was like this is going to be so difficult as i was watching it mm-hmm. yeah on the episode on its own um the whole annie loose thread is starting to bother me <laughs> um, so I'm sorry that in and of itself is, is docked at at least one point um i'd give it probably about an eight and a half severed fingers out of ten is, uh, is, what, my, is what i would give it it's only half a severed finger for that last one it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. like right around yeah, between the two knuckles, sort of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so Wouldn't you, you need to go for, like, the knobby bit, though? Sorry? The knobby bit. Sorry, just ignore yeah, me. Just, <laughs> Here yeah. I am thinking about, like, oh, I should be pedantic about how you cut a of, finger off. Like, yeah. fuck me. So you'd remain with, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know. Eight and a half severed fingers is what I'd give this. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mike, I have a question for you. Yeah? Would you go back and watch the show? It's a good question. I mean, as is always the case... Because it's shorter, I'm definitely more inclined to watch it. I don't know if I necessarily saw a window into a show that I would enjoy, even though I, I respect it for what it, it is doing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's kind of, yeah, I, I would put myself at probably not, but it depends. That's fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like That's yeah. a Vancouver maybe, which is a hell That's no. a Vancouver maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, if, if it just, if, if Callum wanted to watch it, then I would watch it with her. That's what that is. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's, um, the structure of the show is is very front-weighted, actually. Like, a, apart from the dance sequence, which I think is really, really cool. Like, a lot of the action um, and uh, the most satisfying portions of the show happen really early on. Like, obviously, there's, like, the assassination and stuff that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first few episodes really have, like, a really intense pace about them yeah um at which point it kind of like it does the the netflix trick of like episodes one through four just like gangbusters 
and you have to go through like episodes five six seven which are like okay like a bit of character development there's like the beach episode where everybody goes to the beach hell yeah like everything kind of wraps up together at the beach end, episodes so. are the best episodes yeah sometimes yeah well i mean for me i'll ask the question to myself would i go back and watch this show absolutely it's a hundred percent up my alley um i saw everything in there that i wanted to see in a show for me including the dance number including the baby just like yeah, it was all there. It was <laughs> the show has everything. It has a baby. It has a dance number. <laughs> I mean, it's got other stuff too. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um yeah. No, like I just I really love character driven shows. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um because I don't get me wrong, again, I, I also like the, you know, the mindless action or like, you know, whatever. But like this looked amazing and the fact that you're you when you were saying that there were you know like these really artistic scenes that kind of play off like anime or like watercolor or like black and white dance number like that's awesome i love to see that kind of stuff it's really going outside of the box you know Mm -hmm. yeah all right well thanks so much for coming nicholas absolutely it's my pleasure thanks for coming brother it was it was weird to be outnumbered by Germains. I think you mean Germains. <laughs> Germains. <laughs> Dessert Before Breakfast is hosted by Mike Dorval and Melanie Germain. Editing by me, Callan Dorval. Music by The Brass Action. Send us a voice message by using the link in the description or email us at dessertbeforebreakfast at gmail.com. So cute. Like, can do you think we can put the baby's picture on Instagram? Like, I, <laughs> is that even allowed? I don't know, but the baby's so cute. Like, the baby should be shared.